You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Thursday, 30 November, the Chinese house price index falls 0.1% year on year. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, Fahima Adia from Momentum Securities. Pepco results, I mean, volumes under pressure, HEPs under pressure, uh, but that flash business doing well. And I can't help wondering, if, if the worst is behind the consumer, and maybe that's a big if, Pepcor, perhaps a place to be looking at. King Z Williams from Satrix and Rules-Based Funds, delivering superior returns. Mikhail Santagello uh, from Independent Securities. Interest rates set to decrease next year. Still opportunity in bonds or perhaps some bond proxies. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. Best improvement in government audit outcomes in four years. This is the Attorney General, but the, sorry, Auditor General, but the office is still waiting to audit 31 state entities and find deficiencies in 80% of infrastructure projects it visited. Business Day, you're not legal, ECASA tells Elon Musk's Starlink. Independent Commun- Communication Authority of SA says the entity doesn't have a license to operate in the country, neither has it applied for one. Morning markets, US was red, S&P and NASDAQ both down a tenth of a percent. Over in the east, it is mixed. We've got Sydney up a tenth, Tokyo down two tenths of a percent. Commodities mixed, gold 2,066, Brent 83.10, they are your green. On the red, platinum 9.42, palladium 1,037. Rand 18.72, Bitcoin 37,000. 850 10 cent up 2% in the Hong Kong lunch break. Top 40 opening call, ah, 37 points to the green. That's what, 0.05% upside. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Tony now with uh, Fima Adia. She, of course, from Momentum Securities. Fima, appreciate the early morning. The Pepco results. Uh, revenue was up a little bit. Uh, group HEPs at 149 cents. Dividend coming through. A really tough environment. Uh, I suppose we couldn't really expect that much more from the results, notwithstanding uh, challenges such as load shedding, uh, port delays, also hurting operations. Morning, Simon. Yes, I uh, agree 100%. It's, it's been a difficult environment for retailers in general. Uh, like you said, you know, we've got the consumer that's under pressure due to increased cost of living, as well as the high interest rate environment, which increases the finance costs for these businesses. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, all of this is then exacerbated by local challenges uh, that come with failing infrastructure in the country. Uh, So if we look at the revenue uh, that increased by 7.7%, we saw some stronger sales performance coming in the second half. Uh, Good to see there was some market share gains in certain product categories. The gross profit margin increased about 20 basis points despite markdowns on promotional activities. Uh, But what's really good to see, Simon, is that revenue was boosted by that Avenida Brazilian business Mm. that was acquired in 22. Um, So Pepco is really pushing the growth and expansion in Brazil, given the strong performance in that market. They've got about 50 new stores uh, planned there. Uh, to open in the new year. And it's it's currently contributing about 4% to group revenue. So that's expected to be quite a good growth driver for the business and to provide some, uh, you know, diversity of revenue from South Africa. 
but like you said, you know, the headline earnings per share was down, but that's been impacted uh, by some abnormal data costs, some of which are uh, sort of once off due to the difficult environment and the increase in finance costs. Um, and then they also recorded quite a high impairment on some of the businesses, yeah. uh, the bulk of which came from Tacky Town uh, due to the increased competitive environment there. Uh, but that, you know, had an impact on the earnings per share, not the HIPS number. So, um, yeah, all in all, I think it, it's been a resilient update and it's uh, quite a difficult environment for retailers. I said in the intro there, if we look forward to next year, interest rates coming down, which of course helps Pepco directly, but also helps their consumers. Uh, inflation coming down. A, a, a lot of ifs in that statement. But if those are happening, is Pepco worth a look or, or is this still perhaps too early? So I think the main concern for us at the moment is that these retailers are now flagging congestion and backlogs at issues uh, at at the port in Durban, Mm. which is significantly impacting their stock inflows, they said, following year end. So they seem to be well stocked for December and Jan. But after that, there could be problems um, in the first half of 24. Uh, We've also seen other retailers now come out and say they're having to actually fly stock into the country at a higher cost to avoid these issues. So, yeah, you know, we need to see what happens now with the situation with the ports, because that could obviously have quite a big impact. But hopefully once that's resolved and like you said, you know, the the consumers under less pressure in the new year, once interest rates are cut and inflation comes off, um, ideally, I think these retail stocks will be better positioned. Yeah. Yeah. As I take the point, ports are hurting and flying is really not an option uh, in in almost all cases. We leave it there for you, my dear. Momentum Securities, always appreciate the early morning insights. Your money gives a damn. If it could protest and sign petitions, your money would. But your money can do more than that. When you invest in Stanlib's Infrastructure Investment Fund, beyond getting solid returns, you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth. Damn right you are. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm chatting with Kingsley Williams, Chief Investment Officer at Satrix, chatting the Satrix Balanced Index Fund. I should disclaim I hold that in my RA. Kingsley, it's just turned 10 years old and strong performance over the period. Importantly, it is a totally rules-based fund and really largely outperforming the more actively managed, which is exactly what it's supposed to do on the sticker. Yeah, always good to chat to you, Simon. Thanks for the opportunity. Performance is always an interesting thing to speak about because it can be very time dependent Mm. on the particular period that you're looking at. And obviously that can go through different periods where it might be doing well over a given period and then perhaps less well over certain other periods. So what we've done is actually looked at its performance using rolling periods. So what that means is that you take out the point in time variable on, you know, whether it happens to be doing well at a particular point in time or not. Mm-hmm. So we look at its performance over different rolling periods, you know, over rolling 12 months, rolling three years, and then rolling five years. And what's quite interesting when you start looking at the performance of the balanced index fund, our balanced index fund, relative to any of the other options that you have available in that CISA high equity multi-asset category, you start seeing that as that rolling window expands from one year to three years and five years, that with a very high degree of consistency, you're outperforming any of the other funds 
that are available to choose from. So, I mean, just to put some stats to it, on a rolling three-year basis, 50% of the time, you're actually in the top quartile of performers Mm -hmm. and you're outperforming 90% of your median performers. So that would be you're in the top half 90% of the time, top half or better. That's on a rolling three-year basis. If you expand that window to rolling five years, 100% of the time you're outperforming or you're in the top half of performers within that category and you're in the top quartile 70% of the time. So you see those odds are going up in your favor to be an outperformer as you expand that rolling window. And that really speaks to some of the compelling value adds that this fund offers, which we can talk more about. And that's because you're ignoring that short-term noise because it's rules-based. What are those rules? I mean, what is your process of deciding on the asset allocation and frequency of changing? Yes, I think it's important to lay some foundational theory and refer to some research that's been done globally, which Mm -hmm states that most of your returns and the volatility of your returns are going to come from getting your strategic asset allocation right. That by and large is going to determine what your long-term returns are going to be. So that's what we focus on. We focus very intentionally on getting that strategic asset allocation correct, and we review it every two years. So we don't want to be in the space of tactically changing the fund as market opportunities unfold, because research has also shown that the ability of managers to consistently exploit those opportunities is very low. So we focus on getting the strategic asset allocation right. But it's also not an approach of deciding what that is and then forgetting about it. Because markets change and regulations change and new asset classes or new opportunities to exploit opportunities that are available in the market are constantly coming available. So we use that opportunity to take a step back and say, is our fund optimally positioned for what we're seeing over the medium to long term? And are there any other exciting strategies or building blocks or enhancements that we can incorporate into the portfolio to ensure that it delivers those inflation beating returns over the medium to long term? So we don't do any tactical positioning and we focus rather on those long-term drivers. Okay, so the changes are more than just sort of doing the the re-weighting. It it is bringing in, I'm thinking, you know, one of the new asset classes over the last, I don't know, five years or so has been infrastructure and you you can't just ignore it. Exactly. And, you know, I think infrastructure plays such an interesting role in this portfolio. So firstly, just to clarify, it's listed infrastructure, it's Mm -hmm. exposure to companies that operate in the infrastructure space. So these companies would exist within the global equity universe if you were tracking MSCI world or MSCI or country world, they're within that universe. But we specifically allocate to this subset of companies because the behavior and the way that they interact with other components within the portfolio is quite attractive. In the same way that you would allocate to listed property, for example, those also included within the broad equity universe, but it is seen as a separate asset class in its own right. So listed infrastructure would fall underneath that real assets classification of asset classes. So what we like about infrastructure is that it adds a lot of diversification to the portfolio. It gives you more stable returns. It diversifies you away from US tech-dominated companies that you would typically find within a broad equity market index. You know, even though the return, the expected returns on infrastructure are quite promising, and we love it from that perspective, even if we temper our expectations and assume that those don't materialize, there still is a great contribution that infrastructure has to bringing stability to the overall portfolio because of the way 
the returns behave relative to other asset classes. So it diversifies the portfolio overall. A last point, costs, because this is a you know, rules-based, because it's only rebalancing very infrequently, low costs, an important component of the performance as well. Absolutely. And I think therein lies one of the big value adds that the fund offers investors is that, yes, there is the opportunity to exploit mispricings in the market and to mm-hmm. try and be tactical and nimble. Investors have to pay for that, though. You know, managers charge a premium, funds charge a premium if they aim to exploit those opportunities. And what we are seeing, given the success of this fund relative to its peers in the category, is even though we don't exploit those opportunities, by charging a structurally lower fee and having a lower total expense ratio relative to peers, that more than compensates investors for any potential lost opportunities that they might be missing out on from trying to tactically time markets, which this fund obviously doesn't do. We'll leave it there. Kingsley Williams, Chief Investment Officer at Satrix. Appreciate the time. That's our poll today, uh, LinkedIn and X. Are you holding any rules-based funds? I mean, of course, an ETF is ultimately a rules-based fund, uh, perhaps to the extreme is what we were chatting there with Kingsley. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and X. Your money knows it's not just about the money. It's about your returns returning the favour and empowering people. Your money can do more to change the narrative. Beyond delivering consistent returns, Investing in the Stanlip Kanisa Impact Investment Fund can help eradicate poverty and protect the environment. Invest for more impact at stanlip.com forward slash more. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting now with uh, Mikhail Santagello, he's Portfolio Manager, Independent Securities. Mikhail, appreciate the early morning. Last year was our equity bear market. 2023 was the turn of the global bond market, a, a market much larger than equities. But it really has been a, a wild 2023 with, with, with moves in the bond market that we haven't seen. I mean, perhaps, I don't know when since we saw such large violent moves and certainly in a bear market direction. Yeah, absolutely, Simon. Uh, the, I mean, the interest rate uh, uh, increases that we've seen uh, globally is, is some of the biggest uh, rate hiking cycles we've seen since the 1980s. Mm. So we, we've seen a, a dramatic uh, drop in the value of, uh, of, of bonds globally, given that uh, the inverse relationship between rising rates and, and falling bond prices. So we've really seen uh, some significant bear markets in, in that sector. The worst does seem behind the sector. I mean, inflation has pretty much peaked. Uh, Yields are starting to moderate. And there's still some opportunity. I mean, there are real returns in bonds, both locally and and globally. Absolutely. I think uh, looking at where the the trajectory of inflation uh, globally, uh, we are are trending lower, whether it's in South Africa, we're in the the, uh, target bands. Um, In the US, it's been trending down quite nicely, uh, the Eurozone as well. So uh, from our opinion and from what the market seems to be pricing in, we, we have uh, seen uh, the, the peak of the interest rate cycle. Um, so we do think that uh, next year there is going to be a few interest rate cuts uh, from some of the developed markets and uh, hopefully from the, from the South African Central Bank uh, as well, or Reserve Bank um, as well next year. Uh, and that will be positive for, uh, for the price of bonds. And uh, that, that's where we do see some tactical opportunity uh, for clients to to put some capital in there, and uh, if you look at the real return you can achieve, the, the interest above uh, inflation uh, coupled with uh, the potential for some capital gains, 
uh, you've got quite a nice uh, setup uh, over the next uh, 12 months or so. Yeah, and, and to reiterate, you made the point a moment ago, uh, yields down, price up. So as those yields and the bonds come down, you're actually going to get some capital appreciation on, on, on the value of the bonds you're holding. That, that's correct. So if, uh, if you have uh, bonds in South Africa yielding uh, around about 10% on, on the South African tenure, mm-hmm. uh, you can gather your 10% and hopefully uh, with the interest rates being cut next year, you would then see the, the value of those bonds uh, appreciate at the same time as you can collect your, your 10% uh, in, in interest. A, a, a proxy for bonds we could we look at, at real estate investment trusts certainly we're seeing some decent yields there some uh, discounts in net asset value um, and certainly uh, some some potential opportunity there as something as a similar asset class that's right i think it, it would have this similar dynamics to the bond market um, however it would carry a, a lot more risk mm-hmm. uh, than, than the bond market so um, it, it would be more volatile, but certainly if um, real estate uh, companies are certainly a lot more uh, sensitive to changes in interest rates and the current uh, yields uh, on, on the South African uh, REITs are, are somewhere well over 10% uh, as well. So if we do have interest rates being cut, uh, they would take a lot of pressure off the, uh, off the balance sheets of these uh, property companies. Um, and that could also lead to uh, a re-rating upwards in, in these uh, REITs, which are quite uh, depressed at the moment. I mentioned up front that last year was a, a, an equity bear market. This year was the turn of the bond bear market. We're talking here around bonds. We're talking around REITs. This isn't a case of abandoning equities. It's, it's looking at opportunity in other parts. And, and truthfully, going back to sort of classic diverse portfolio, which, you know, almost to the, maybe not to the extreme, but that, that 60-40 idea of, of, of a good portfolio has some equity and has some yielding assets at the same time. That's right. Uh, we, we certainly do believe that... Uh uh, equities are the the driving engine uh, behind uh, gl- uh, wealth creation and your and returns over the long term, but uh, along the way you do you are able to gather some diversification um, and some tactical opportunities in, in other asset classes a- along the way. Um, but even as such, um, the if you look at the South African market, I think there are mm. about forty companies uh, on the JSC that are have PEs lower than seven. <laughs> so uh, we we do think that. It, uh, declining interest rates would also be uh, quite helpful to to many of the companies and, and maybe help lift up the, the valuations of those companies. Uh, yeah. Should they also be that be coupled with some South African positive news? Yeah, I, I was chatting with Fahima Adia from Momentum at, at the top of the show, and she made the point, you know, Pepco, we, we start to see the, the higher interest rates uh, hit uh, 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 interest rate payments. I was chatting with Stephen Joffrey from Victor earlier in the week. Same story there. They're paying more in interest. As those rates come down, that's suddenly going to sort of basically drop to their bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to free up uh, some of the capital that's tied up just in, in interest payments. Uh, that they can use for um, either to pay, pay dividends or to um, con- continue with the uh, capital expansion. Mm-hmm. So, the, the, uh, declining interest rates are, are a net net positive for for everybody. I think. Um, it, so we can hope that that happens sooner rather than later. Yeah, sooner rather than later. Hundred percent on that. We leave it there. Michael Centegello, portfolio manager, dependent securities. Appreciate the early morning.
That's it for today. We're chatting with Alex Dace yesterday, talking about a tough bidvest update. Saw the stock fall almost 10%. That was the biggest one-day fall in 15 years. It was a stock which, as Alex said, 15 times PE was priced for perfection. We asked if you hold this conglomerate. Almost half of you said, nope, but you were looking for a good entry point. A third said, no, it's old school. The rest saying, yep, it is a great business. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and X. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie Nobuchle, Nicole Masechla, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. Purple Results with Charles Savage. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.